0: Oftentimes, the images that we have of Jesus are absolutely safe and benign. We think of Jesus as sweet and mild. We have an image of him as a, a harmless hippie, preaching love and wondering why we can't all just get along. Often, to our minds, he is meek and passive and innocuous. How odd is it then to read the Gospels? How odd is it to realize that Jesus was considered a deeply controversial figure in his own time? How strange it might seem that he was constantly in conflict with the religious and political authorities from the start of his ministry all the way to his very public and political execution. It can be hard for us to see Jesus as controversial when we look at all the good that Jesus does. I mean, Jesus proclaims the kingdom of God and then enacts and embodies the kingdom. For instance, Jesus calls followers to accompany him, and thus the kingdom means community. Jesus casts out demons and heals people and From that, you can see that the kingdom looks like wholeness and wellness. Jesus forgives sins, and so the kingdom looks like restored relationship with God. What could be controversial about any of this? But you see, the controversy is not that that Jesus is doing these things. The controversy is how he has been doing these things. Like when Jesus calls followers, some of them are disreputable outsiders, like Levi, the tax collector. Or when he forgives sins, he doesn't follow the prescribed religious practice of making amends. He just declares people's sins forgiven with an authority that no no mere teacher can have. And when he heals... There are times where he does so on the Sabbath and thus reinterprets what is considered the acceptable way of keeping the Sabbath. All of these things challenge the the religious and political establishment. All of these things call into question the social order. The controversy that surrounds Jesus is that he is being disruptive and the kingdom that he is declaring is disruptive. The kingdom means change. It means a challenge to the status quo. And what makes it all the worse is that from the very beginning, masses of people are enamored by Jesus's words and actions. It is this challenge to the status quo and the, and the powers that be that, that causes controversy and that, that agitates the religious authorities. And these authorities then begin to conspire against Jesus and, and seek ways to undermine him. And one of the first ways that they look to do this is by means of a smear campaign that we hear of in this morning's gospel lesson. These legal experts claim that Jesus has been possessed by a demon, which, according to them, gives Jesus the power to do all of the good that he has been doing. And news of this opposition has begun to worry Jesus' family. They worry that Jesus is becoming exposed to, to danger from the hands of the authorities. They can see where things are heading and they know that Jesus is hurtling toward a point of collision. And so the family is hoping to quiet Jesus down and whisk him away from the spotlight. They are hoping to keep Jesus safe. But Jesus will have none of it. To the religious authorities, he uses common sense and logic to dismiss their claims. Why would the source of evil allow good to happen in order that evil would spread, Jesus says? How could that even work? And what's more, Jesus issues the authorities a warning, telling them that they are in danger. The whole notion of an unforgivable and eternal sin that we hear of in in today's gospel lesson might make us nervous, but it is worth keeping in mind that that Jesus is no stranger to exaggeration and hyperbole, but Jesus's point is an important one. And that is, if we start to call those things that are clearly good and beneficial evil, then we cannot know goodness for ourselves. If we call the forgiveness and healing of others evil, and how can we know forgiveness in healing for ourselves? We will inevitably inevitably, put an impediment in our way. And in response to the fears of his family, Jesus proclaims something that, that might strike our ears as harsh and dismissive. But it is, in fact, good news. Because what Jesus is proclaiming is that Jesus will be in intimate relationship with all those who strive to be open to God's will. Indeed, Jesus is remaking and redrawing the boundaries of family as expansive and and radically open. Jesus is declaring those around him as his mother and sister and brother. If they long to follow Jesus and live into the gift of God's kingdom, the irony of this gospel lesson and to a certain extent Jesus's whole ministry and mission is that those who are closest to Jesus and therefore should best understand what Jesus is doing fail to grasp the depth and meaning of his actions both the religious authorities and Jesus's family should have been in a place to embrace what Jesus is doing and yet out of fear, though fear of differing kinds, neither the authorities nor Jesus' family are able to get on board. Their fear compels them to thwart God's will in their lives. And there's a warning for us in this. We need to, to beware of letting the status quo and, and our reflexive certainties blind us to God's new thing, nor can we allow ourselves to be ruled by fear or complacency, for our true safety is not in such things, but rather our true safety is with God and God's dreams for our world and for our lives. And yet there is not just a warning here, but good news as well. The good news Is that Jesus comes to challenge all that would dehumanize and oppress. God's kingdom and thus Jesus's mission are public and social and political. Though not tied to any political party, in Christ God has revealed God's self to be on the side of justice, to be on the side of human flourishing and well-being and the common good. God reveals God's self to be for us, all of us, all of humanity, all of creation, but especially for those who are most in need and most oppressed. Jesus comes to liberate humanity and then asks us to to open up our lives to God's liberating power. And yet, just as it did for Jesus, this good news will also inevitably bring with it controversy and conflict. For God's kingdom is always ahead of us, challenging the imperfect status quo and calling us always to change and to reform. And as such, if we are going to to look to follow Jesus and, and be open to God's ways, then we will at times also be drawn into controversy and conflict as well. But Jesus does not ask us to go it alone. This is not intended to be a solo mission. For Jesus establishes a new community, grounded in a new kinship, that is called to bear witness to the emergence of the kingdom of God, Though it often fails, and though it has often failed throughout the ages, the church is intended by God to be an outward invisible sign and symbol of God's kingdom present and coming into the world. We are intended to be living into God's mission together. When Jesus bids us follow, He empowers us to share with him in his mission and ministry. And we have received the gift of the Holy Spirit, both as individuals and as a community, to risk as Jesus risks. And for his part, Jesus is able to live into the controversy and the fear that it brings because he trusts in God and God's mission. And so too, Jesus invites us into the intimacy of following by trusting in God as well. Amen.